It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, Late Sports Sam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports biggest issues. Today, we got another short but very classic Monday episode. We got a couple gold stars, one detention, and one long but fun thesis. So without further ado, let's dive in. Can you give a gold star to anyone besides Hubert Davis after the weekend he just had? Hubert Davis in his first season as the North Carolina head men's basketball coach manages to beat Duke and Coach Krzyzewski not only as an underdog once, but twice he beat them in Krzyzewski's last game at Cameron Indoor and in what ended up being Coach Krzyzewski's last game ever in the Final Four. Obviously, everyone that has paid attention to the Carolina program or paid attention to Hubert Davis and all of his endeavors as an analyst and on TV and things like that have to be rooting for this guy and those Carolina Tire Heels. It's a lot of fun. It's a good program. It's a fun program. It's a program-changing face. Shout out to Hubie for the big, big year. Did they get him a statue? When are we going to get him a statue? Does Hubert Davis get a statue up front of Chapel Hill this week, next week? How much more has a guy really got to do to get a statue? Second gold star is going to go to, I guess, the band Guster for all of the extra promo they got this weekend. Guster is, I guess, an alternative or indie rock band from like a, 20 years ago. But there's a giant Guster is for Lovers bumper sticker right behind Coach K's head throughout the Final Four matchup. And I gotta say, I've never seen Guster pop up on a Twitter search, probably because as a band, they stopped being relevant way before Twitter. A shout out to all the free promo and Whatever reporter that was, I haven't seen anyone list the reporter's name, but whoever it was that was working right behind Krzyzewski with the big bumper sticker across their laptop. Maybe we need to get a Don't Flunk With Us somewhere. Can we get that? Can we? How quick can we get a Don't Flunk With Us? Maybe just F in sports? How about just a one big red F? Can we get that on a computer behind someone important? Maybe? F doesn't fly like that. All right, we'll figure it out. Anyway, shout out to Guster and the bumper sticker. Another gold star head that way. Detention to Sam Amico. Now, Sam writes for a couple different outlets, but this one, I guess, is technically going to something he did with the website 
OutKick. For those who don't know, OutKick is like an intentionally far right leaning, whatever. Da, da, da. But moreover, Sam described a situation that he thought was problematic because Canada has different laws surrounding COVID and vaccines and those kinds of things than the United States does. And thus, as the Toronto Raptors head to the playoffs, there could be some potentially big issues with teams like the Nets or other teams with unvaccinated players heading up there to play. Issues like they won't be able to leave isolation for two weeks once they get across the border. And of course, all of the games would happen in well under those two weeks. And so that does present a problem for teams traveling to Toronto. However, the solution that Amico decided to come up with was not quite, it's, it's what landed him in attention. It's not quite making any sense. He decided that that means, of course, this natural solution would be that Toronto and all of their fans must have to travel south of the border to play their air quotes home games for the playoffs. Never mind that Toronto had to play an entire year abroad. They had to play an entire 2020-2021 season in Florida as the Tampa Raptors because of the difference in COVID laws and protocols. They've already had to bend all of their whims to that. We're now going to take the NBA playoffs away from a marquee franchise and fan base. Again, a fan base that just saw their team win a title a couple years ago before all of this happened. And a fan base that, again, is the emblematic idea of international game. Folks, remember that on top of Seattle and Vegas, which it does look like we'll get the next expansion franchises i've advocated for the nba to go to mexico city to go to london to go back to vancouver to continue to expand this game internationally because it is played internationally in a way unlike football and that may be the way that they finally get over the growth hump and i'm telling you right now telling toronto to move south ain't gonna do it it's not their fault that our country doesn't have the same kind of standards apparently we're not living up to the standards of our northern brethren as far as vaccination requirements go and i'm not sure that we should be punishing a franchise and fan base for our lack of we'll say advancement what words we use there problem solving common sense just because we're not there doesn't mean that they should have to suffer as a fan base. That doesn't seem fair. Detention to Amico for writing that out and frankly taking the time to do way too much work on that. That's a bad idea. All right, friends, I told you we had a fun, somewhat longer, more in-depth thesis about something fun. So, did I just say fun twice? Yeah, well, okay, that might not be the most convincing way to tell you it's fun, but we're going to look at college basketball in light of the Final Four last weekend and the championship Monday night. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right, so this week's thesis reads, Coach K is the greatest men's NCAA basketball coach of all time. Now, we're asking this question, or I guess looking at this thesis, because frankly, his career just came to a close unless he does the Tom Brady retirement strategy, which I guess is also the Michael Jordan retirement strategy, which I guess would kind of make him the greatest of all time. He's doing the same retirement strategy as other greatest of all time. Anyway, that's, that's a long way to work around that the thesis reads, Coach K is the greatest men's NCAA basketball coach of all time. I'm giving that one a D plus, so let's break it down. All right, so again, I said D plus, not B plus. That's D as in dog. I, I think I need to clarify that because I think it's going to shock some people. No, I don't think Coach K is the greatest men's college basketball coach of all time. But for the sake of argument, because it's a D plus and an F, let's break down what his resume is like. For starters, he built the Duke program, right? This Duke program we think of as a blue blood is a blue blood because of his time spent there in his the previous iteration of the school before he got there. They had one title appearance, two of their final fours, and had only been in the tournament six times. He gets there in the 80s and they have won five titles in his time there. Worth pointing out that 
Coach K has won more college basketball games than any other men's coach. He's won 1,170 games, just shy of 1,200. His win percentage of 764 over 40 years in the Power 5 Conference. Only guys with more than 700 wins in the same ballpark are Tarkani at 784, Bill Self at 766, Adolph Rupp at 822, Dean Smith at 776, and Roy Williams at 774. Those are only guys, and none of them have over a thousand wins, much less 1,100. So there's some longevity combined with win percentage there. I think that's all worth keeping in mind. Since making the tournament in 1984, Coach K's not his first year there, but his first year in the tournament, they've only missed it twice. Uh, they, I guess technically there was no tournament in 2019-2020, but worth pointing out that a team with 25 wins in the ACC would have probably made it. feels like a made it, air quotes, kind of year. I actually might have said that they'd go pretty far in that year. You know, Back then, they, I think they finished ranked 11th overall in the AP. Anyway, with all that said, there's all those kinds of reasons on the floor that you could give it to him. You could also argue about the Team USA stuff and how involved he's been in the revitalization of Team USA basketball. He coached over his 46 years through the growth of the sport. you got to remember where this game was in the 70s. It was still kind of a like niche following, and now it's a massive, massive following. The only person who's coached in men's hoops longer is Jim Phelan of St. Mary's. He was at St. Mary's for 49 years. And then the last thing I think that works in Coach K's favor for this, the thesis that I should say, does say the best men's coach. So he's not competing against Pat Summit or Gino Arima or like one day Don Staler or any of that. He is only competing against guys on the men's side of March Madness. But I just don't feel like he is standalone best coach of all time and frankly if he were like in the argument he might have gotten a c on this and like i just can't pick between them because they all know that if you listen to the show i don't like ranking things but there are guys in a different class that i think i'd pick all of ahead of him if i were to try and orchestrate some sort of a ranking or whatever and because of that i i guess i'm not gonna go with him so let's break down some of those guys that i think are a little bit ahead of him the first, as I mentioned earlier, is Adolph Rupp. Four titles at Kentucky, six Final Fours, won the SEC 27 times. He has the second highest winning percentage ever. He won 876 games. Worth pointing out that the only guy to win more of his games in college basketball, or won a higher percentage of their games in men's college basketball, I should say, is Mark Few. I understand that WCC has come along, and I understand that my buddy Andy Pat would tell me that you know there are years in the last couple of years that the WCC looks like a Power Five conference as far as like getting three teams in that they do very well in the tournament. However, on the whole, across the majority of Mark Few's career, that's not the case, and Mark Few hasn't broken 700 wins, whereas Adolph Rupp has 876. The big ding on Adolph Rupp, if you're trying to try to ding him, is that most of his winning or a lot of his winning is pre-integration right he's famous for being the kentucky coach on the losing side of the texas western starting five black players in the national championship game when not everyone's allowed to compete it's hard to really call yourself the best at something i'd also point out that like it was him paying the players or anything like that but there was a major scandal with those kentucky teams in 1951 in which they were shaving points players were taking bribes from gamblers and apparently some of those gamblers or people that were distributing the funds may have been associated with the school uh, the school guy was the earliest credited version of the air quote death penalty i say air quotes because frankly that didn't do anything 
to like kill the program. That was 1951. They're back in the title again in the late 50s and again several times in the 60s. I, I think that another thing in looking at Rupp is that he was one of the first coaches to really understand the idea of organizing a fast break. And the way we understand basketball now, you run to spots on the break. It was not just fast break chaos. It was, I'm going to run the ball down the middle. I need wings wide. I need this. Like, and I think that sounds elementary to talk about now. But in the 1950s, where the game was, the idea that you'd have the wherewithal to take the ball on a fast break instead of just attacking the cup, but to run to spots and to run through a through different sets and to run through different actions was impressive and important. He was fast, fast, fast. One of the fastest teams to play college basketball at that time. And so on the pro side, if you're going dings and pros and this and that, I think that that's all worth mentioning because we play basketball in that light. Now, another coach I think is worth mentioning here is Coach Bob Knight. Bob Knight had three titles. He's got the only ever undefeated season on the men's side with 1976 in Indiana. He also, it's worth pointing out, has five Final Fours, 11 Big Ten titles, got the 900 wins, and a 709 win percentage. He also coached the national team like Coach K, for whatever that's worth. So if you're looking at like big basketball picture of things, the Team USA was different than that it was all college kids. Remember, this was when the Olympics had to be amateur athletes. At least Team USA had to pitch out their amateur athletes. But it was still Team USA. He was still out there representing the country and coaching the best of the best that was available to him. I think that the big thing that if you're looking at Coach K from a positive standpoint, you look at a guy that's like perfecting the motion offense in college basketball. As the motion offense gets tied a lot to college basketball because the shot clock's a little longer. And frankly, as they continue to shorten the shot clock over the course of history, you may see the motion offense kind of fade away just because of time constraints. But on the whole, Bobby Knight is very much influential in active motion style offenses that require discipline and selflessness and a lot of the things that make good basketball teams great when you look at the warriors and how selfless their players are like even in a modern nba sense some of those same roots go back to what bobby knight's doing in college in the 70s with that said there's a couple pretty big dings on bobby knight the dismissal at indiana is pretty damning and and i can't i can't overlook that right so he leaves indiana in like the 99 2000 season but it's really based on an incident that happened in 97 where he's caught on video apparently choking a player. Now, the video only comes to light because the player said he was choked. Bobby's saying he like had his hands on his chest to talk to him. It looked like pretty violent, loud talking. Anyway, Knight leaving Indiana with those on his resume is pretty, pretty damning. I also think it's worth pointing out that he coached in a very different kind of basketball that was intentionally slow. And for what it's worth, that's just not where the game went the game is i guess you could argue the rules and stuff like that you know it 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 got away from him but the biggest thing here is not this did he or didn't he choke that guy in indiana i think it looks like he choked the guy it's that it's not really just about the slow or fast basketball i i think it was really slow it's that all of that stuff feels on brand for bobby i think if you look at knight's career the temper tantrums, the throwing of the chairs, the screaming at the screaming at everyone on the floor the way he talked to his people i have a hard time personally awarding that as like greatest coach of all time because i wouldn't want any other good coach to do that and if we're going to give someone the greatest of all time like we called michael jordan the greatest player of all time it's because we want players to have that killer mentality when we call tiger woods the greatest golfer of times because we want people to have that killer mentality on sundays if we call tom brady the greatest quarterback of all time so we want people to have that kind of precision and to care about their craft and the way he does i i have a hard time calling coach knight the greatest of all time because he on the whole, has a lot of things I don't think anyone should 
ever strive to do. And it's weird to think about, like, well, but he, he won. He had the undefeated season in 76. It's like, yeah, but, like, Calipari was, like, two or three threes away from undefeated season in 2015. And I'm not sure I'm going to ever call Calipari the best of all time. So that's my big ding on night. All right. Next up on my list is Dean Smith. I think opposite Coach K, most people would look at Dean Smith as a very obvious type of candidate for greatest coach of all time. Dean Smith builds a North Carolina program, right? He has two titles, 11 Final Fours, won the ACC 17 times, has 879 wins to his name, and a 776 win percentage. Now, I think all of that is really, really good, but I think the thing that opposite Bob Knight is worth remembering about Dean Smith is not only did he do it with guys like James Worthy, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, Jerry Stackhouse, Bob McAdoo, Brad Darty, Rashid Wallace, the list goes on and on and on, etc. But he's really known for the same kind of discipline in his half-court offense and his trapping tenacious defense while being the opposite kind of guy. Now, before we get too much into pros and cons here, communication was really, really key in Dean Smith's basketball. He's constantly credited as like influence on the game with things like hand signals for guys getting taken out of the game when they're tired, as opposed to having to like, talk to coach or whatever, so that way you see it quickly and running all the way on the fly. He's often credited with huddling before free throws, the way that you see that all over both college and pro basketball now, to kind of get yourself orchestrated, settled down, and calm and ready to go with whatever comes next. On the rebound, we do this. On the make, we do that. Setting up whatever kind of defense you want on the other end. Setting, like All those different kinds of things come from those huddles, and that constantly gets tied to Dean Smith's name. He was big, 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 and it like this seems little, but he had his players point at guys that threw them an assist. Uh, I think that is interesting because, A, it's become like just commonplace. Like now you see that in every pickup game you play on when someone throws a pass for you to score. It's just become commonplace. But he instituted that as a mandated thing he wanted his guys to do. The other big thing here is this is college basketball, and Dean Smith finished his career with 96.6% of his players graduating from North Carolina. And I think that that is an important statistic to tie to a guy when we're talking college basketball. Now, does that mean that he won games? No, he did win a lot of games. And I, I would say that like anyone says it can't be done, obviously it can be done. But you've got to remember that if this is college basketball, that is also an important statistic. He alternated defenses up and down. He was a really, really talented scheme guy. And I think it was surprised to everyone who retired in 1997 after they got to the Final Four and lost to Arizona. But he did. And if anything, you could almost argue he retired a little early because they were a Final Four team. He had a string of a couple good seasons there in the late 90s. And it just, I think to him, felt like the right time to leave. He had a good system set up in place for his exodus. But, you know, you could almost argue that things like the total wins could have gotten added to if he just had coached as long as Kay and he had the health to do it. He just didn't feel like it. Like, like there are things that he could have done that I think, if you're looking at like peaks and longevity, it's not like he didn't coach for a long time and he just... Anyway, I, I think that that's worth pointing out is like he had the surprise retirement. It's like someone kicked him out or he had to leave or the disgrace thing when Bobby Knight leaving Indiana or whatever. I, I think that you just look at Dean Smith and it just he just didn't do it as long as K. That's about it. As far as like the guys are looking to to like promote as this guy's the greatest of all time, the stuff that Bobby Knight did not do. I would say Coach K, again, is the 180 of all that. He was a prominent integrationist, pro-integration, anti-segregation at a time when that would have been difficult to do in the South, especially in North Carolina. He also, for what it's worth, is an anti-death penalty penalty advocate. He's very, very pro-gay rights. He's a big pacifist and anti-war, like the war in Iraq and things like that. Truthfully, all of those are very unique things to think and do in the South. North Carolina is a part of the South. 
but he's an icon in the state of North Carolina. He's an icon in college basketball and an icon in the Southeast. And on top of all those things, he's also that kind of a person. And for what it's worth, that gets those types of ideas out there as like, no, no, he can stand firm on these beliefs that are counter to a lot of the Southeast while also being one of the most memorable faces and names in the Southeast. Quick Dean Smith story that I think is incredible before we dive into his coaching tree and part of the longevity of his story. You know, he died in 2015. In, in his will in 2015, he gave a $200 check to every living North Carolina letterman that played for him in his 36 years. In the memo line of those checks, it said dinner on Coach Smith. He gave 186 players in his will $200 to go get one last dinner on him. And the, some, like, the stories in those have some, A, unforetold, like we'll never hear about it because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of stuff. But B, just the wherewithal to be like, this was the brotherhood, the community, the family he built through North Carolina. And the one last parting gift is go enjoy a nice dinner with family, friends, whatever, on me. Like, that's the kind of guy we need to be putting on the goat pedestal. The same way we want people to chase Jordan's drive. The same way we want, to, we want people to chase Tom Brady's work ethic and pre preparation and dedication to his body and his craft and all those kinds of things. The same way we want all of that. We also want a coach that's the greatest of all time to be the kind of guy that cares that much about his guys. Coach Smith retires in 97. He passed away in 2015. But his coaching tree, I think, is part of the impressiveness here of what lives on, right? As you look at his coaching tree, you have guys like Jerry Stackhouse, who now coaches Vanderbilt. Doug Moe was an NBA coach of the year. George Carl, we mentioned last episode, was a new Hall of Famer. Bill Guthridge was a coach of the year for North Carolina, followed him. Billy Cunningham with the 76ers. Roy Williams, coach Kansas and North Carolina. Larry Brown's the only coach to ever win a college and a pro title. He had both. He conquered both mountaintops. Not just the 186 players and the brotherhood and all the pros and those kinds of things, but all of those coaches, either from playing for him or working with his coaches, also tie their name back to the lessons they learned from Dean and the Dean Dome. I, I gotta give a lot of my votes here and greatest coach of all time to Dean Smith. Now, obviously, the name that we haven't mentioned yet, but everyone will want to mention is John Wooden. 10 titles, 12 Final Fours, 15 Pac-12 titles, 664 wins and an 804 win percentage. He just, he was as dominant as you can be in that window. He built the US, the UCLA program. He coached guys like Gail Goodrich, Walt Hazard, Keith Wilkes, Sidney Wicks, Lucius Allen, Curtis Rowe, a kid named Lou Alcindor, LeGroat to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Walton. The biggest thing about him as a coach I think is long-lasting and will always be in coaching, especially with college coaching where you're working with young guys. But I really think it will also carry into NBA coaching as you see guys in the pros continue to come out earlier and earlier and thus NBA teams getting younger and younger. And really, I think you're going to see it carry over to coaching across the board as well because you're seeing it picked up by guys like Pete Carroll. You're seeing it picked up by guys like Bill Belichick, Robert Sala, Shanahan, all these famous NFL coaches that are intelligent and are frankly looked at as being smart guys. Wooden was more of a psychologist, philosopher, except internally looking guy than any other college coach, frankly, even on this list. He had the pyramid of success. The ultimate focus was always internally looking at the team. It was never about what can we do to stop them. It was what can we do 
better. He continued to be more about philosophy than X's and O's. And frankly, that's how he went from UCLA to the heart of Harlem and got a guy like Lou Alcindor, an inquisitive, intellectual kid, to go all the way across country to the UCLA program. Now, did Palm Trees and Beverly Hills help? I'm sure. But I really think that it's worth pointing out that that really changed both the program, getting Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would always help, but it also changed the way we look at intelligent coaches. He was interested, not interesting. He looked to find ways to connect with players on an intellectual level. A basketball team's really great for that because, again, it's 10 or 12 kids. But it also meant that he was constantly learning and growing and looking at philosophy and looking at building people up internally and then look, go out there and let them play. Like, yes, he did things on offense that incorporated using big men as playmakers with Walton and Alcindor, and that was phenomenal. And it really turned them into a playmaker in a way that is still used today, whether you look at Jokic's or Embiid's or Giannis's or whatever. Yes, he did those things. Yes, schematically on defense, he had this crazy tech, he had crazy different traps and things like that across the board, the top, the keys and those kinds of things. But on top of all that, that schematics that came and left as his rosters turned over. What he did as a coach is really more about the stuff he did before the games off the floor with his players as people and with his staff as people. And I maintain, I think that that's one of the things that launches him to the top of this list. But my hottest take here is that I don't know that he is at the top of the list. I, I look at Dean Smith and I look at John Wooden and I look at Bobby Knight and all these guys. And I think there's one thing that they didn't do. They didn't do it twice. Roy Williams, who I'm going to argue here for a second, is at least in the same handful of three or four names, if not the name, won 903 games, have a seven, had a 774 win percentage, he won three titles, went to nine Final Fours, won the ACC nine times, won the Big 12 four times, he also won the Big 8, was worth the Big 12 for the Big 12, another five times, and he did that across two different Blue Blood programs. Now, I understand that all these guys had, you know, long careers at, a, at their single school, or I guess, you know, Bobby Knight technically went to Texas Tech for a while after he was done in Indiana, but the success that Roy Williams had at two different Power Five schools just feels like it's something that sets him apart. At Kansas, in the 268 in-season weeks that he was there, they were in the top 25 for 242 of them. They were in the top two at some point of the season in 11 of the 15 seasons he was there. Right? He has 900 wins as a coach because he had 400 wins at two different Power 5 institutions. His win percentage at Kansas and North Carolina were 805 and 748 respectively. He only had four seasons in a, his entire coaching career with less than 20 wins and it lasted 33 years. He had to do it at two different Blue Bloods in two different Power 5 conferences. Before he gets to Kansas, Larry Brown did lead the Kansas Jayhawks to a national title, only to hand Roy Williams this program on probation with a postseason ban. And did he build it back? Yes, he built it back. The second season as a Rock Chalk Jayhawk, they finished fifth in the end of year AP poll, barely missed the Final Four. Before coming to North Carolina, the program was split after players and coaches had just irreconcilable differences between, and it got it to the staff and, you know, families and fans and people on campus, people off campus were all upset. He gets the school president. They have to get rid of their coach. He comes to North Carolina. He's winning a title within two years, right? These kinds of things don't just happen. Or the programs that had a great talented kids absolutely were there programs that it was more pressure to continue excellence and strive for championships yes 
That is a different type of pressure. And he dealt with it at two different places and did it at two different places. I understand that Bill Self stepped into Kansas and it kept turning out and they continued to do well and win championships and so on. But guess what? That program doesn't get built like that if they don't have the 15-year run of Roy Williams. Yes, Hubert Davis steps in and fills his footsteps and comes out here and we gave him a gold star earlier for what he did to Coach K and Duke. But that doesn't happen without the groundwork that Roy Williams left. All of those things, right? Both of these nationally prominent programs, both teams in the NCAA championship as we sit here watching it are both programs that owe a lot of their blue blood history to Roy Williams. And I think that impact as much as the 900 wins, as much as the 700 win percentage, as much as all of those things is the reason that Roy Williams should be sitting atop this mountain. He didn't do it pre-integrate. He did it in the peak of college basketball, right? He did it at the sweet spot between like the 80s and 90s growth and then the one and done system where it's all these guys, you know, one-offs and things like that. He did it at, he did across all of it. He did it at two major programs. And again, he was very, very successful and frankly, only successful at both that my friends is as impressive as resume as anyone to ever coach men's college basketball has ever had and he did it eight miles down the road from Shashevsky. okay parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is james harden has the best beard in sports what do you think about that thesis statement Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but I'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, did it feel like that's too hot to take? Is that too hot to take from throwing out Roy Williams as the best college coach of all time? <laughs> anyway, friends, if you want to check me out or tell me I'm wrong, you'll find me on Twitter my Twitter and Instagram are both at Painsworth512. It's at P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512, all one word. Again, that's Twitter and Instagram. I'll be talking a lot about things like college basketball, pro basketball, because my Houston Rockets are looking to draft fairly high this year, hopefully a couple of high picks. Let's see the Nets lose a couple games. Anyway, you can again, that's me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H, all one word. Shout out to Chris Sliwa for helping edit the show. You can find him on Twitter at Chris underscore Sliwa7. That's Chris underscore Sliwa7 on Twitter. And Instagram is the same thing without the underscore. It's just Chris Sliwa7. You can find this show on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN sports. So it's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number two, all one word on Twitter. 
on those Twitter and Instagram profiles. You'll be able to go to the link tree in the bios right there and click on that, and you'll have access to all of our sponsors. You can use code FNSports at my bookie to double your deposit up to $1,000. US You can use FN Sports 15 at the Beard Struggle to make sure you get all your beard products and needs. You can also use our link there. Go to Yeti and get all kinds of cups, coolers, and koozies to insulate your life with everything from built for the wild from yet again use that link on our link tree you can also use our link tree to get to our merch store on our merch store you can find a different charitable t-shirt or hoodie from each month april is autism awareness month so all proceeds from the puzzle campaign yes got a nice little puzzle piece in the front and a puzzle piece design on the back all proceeds from the puzzle campaign go to autism speaks which help get resources to people with autism so make sure you go check out those shirts as well really cool design this month thank you so much for listening to the show make sure you like subscribe rate review do all those wonderful things to help with the podcast on a couple different platforms and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.